This is Grown Up and Grounded, a podcast about growing up and being a grown up, about getting grounded and staying grounded. Join us for a conversation between two women, a mother and a daughter who talk about everything. So for our first episode, Kate and I are sitting here together. Normally we're doing this via Skype and we thought we'd record an intro about our family so that you could understand some of the dynamics and some of the things that we're talking about as we delve deeper into the growing up part of the podcast. I'm married and an empty nester. We've been married for about 27 years. My oldest daughter I had when I was 16. She's in her 30s. She lives in the Bay Area with her boyfriend. I would say that having a child at 16 and for me talking about parenting, that really has become a part of the definition of who I am as a mother. And a lot of the things that we talk about as far as parenting are because of the time that I had with a child at 16. Then my podcast partner Mm. is sitting here next to me, Kate. (laughs) Yes, uh, I am the middle child. I'll be on the podcast. And all that that entails, middle child. Yes, definitely the uh, cliche middle child. I have middle child syndrome to a T. Uh, I live in San Francisco, and I am single, which is great, and I love that Mm -hmm. so much. Sure you do. Yeah, uh, it's fantastic. And uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun, and I'm excited that we're finally doing this after talking about it for a long time. Yeah. My youngest daughter lives on the East Coast while her husband finishes his college education, and she's 24, and the great thing, one of the great things about her is that she has my one and only grandchild, my Mm. grandson, so he's definitely my favorite. If we're (laughs) going to talk about who's the favorite, Samuel's definitely it. Yeah, he, he takes the cake. That's for sure. told you this story but when I was 16 and pregnant I Mm -hmm. went to a slumber party at a friend's house and it was great that they invited me because you know obviously it was kind of not in the same loop how far along were you seven months Mm -hmm. I mean I was big Mm -hmm. and it was fun it was a costume party so I went in a costume I was like a pregnant punk rocker anyways (laughs) so I had these which is actually part of the story because I had these big um high top tennis shoes uh, that I wore as part of my outfit and this big long sweatshirt and leggings and a bunch of jewelry so at the slumber party we kind of split up in groups and we're hanging out in different rooms da 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 and the party ends right I go home they drop my friends drop me off help me unload my bags and then I start getting these phone calls like why did you do it why did you do it and the one girl, some stuff had been jewelry and a camera and all this stuff had been stolen from the house. And so everyone basically was like, well, she really needs the money. She's pregnant. So she did it. And um, so I'm just like, I didn't do it. I can remember crying. Like, I, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. And then someone else was like, well, I helped her carry her bags. Her bags were super heavy, which, duh, I had a pair of high-top tennis shoes in there that Mm -hmm. were like heavy um and the girls that were with me all night like the because like we were in one room just chatting all night they they were like we were with her all night I don't know how she could have done it so they kind of knew but they also weren't like from the impression I got they also weren't like having my back like really standing up Mm -hmm. but um 
and the girl's dad was a police officer. Someone mailed me a letter like, here's $5, just return all the stuff you stole anonymously. And I was just like, I'm going out to eat on this five bucks because frick you, I... I, I told everyone, you know, like, they just didn't believe me. It was just because I was pregnant. That was basically it. Because I was pregnant, everyone was like, well, she needs the money. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't remember how long it was, like, maybe three weeks. The girl's dad was a police officer, and they arrested some guy, and he had all their stuff on them. He had broken to their house during the day while they were out getting stuff for the party. Stole all the stuff. Mm. And so, it was really... But that's like, has been with me forever. Like, I don't like it when I'm around people and, like their purses are open like I've been around friends and their purses open and money's hanging out or their wallet's mm-hmm. there and I'm just like close your, like I don't ever want to be I always think of a situation like someone could accuse me of stealing like if they lost their wallet later they could think that I stole their purse because they were with mm-hmm. me and their purse was open or if I'm you know near anything like a place of business that has a safe open or so I don't mm-hmm. it just makes me very uncomfortable because I just I understand how it can be to be just totally accused of something that you never did and that's really interesting because as someone I don't think I've ever been accused of anything like that and I never have those thoughts that's never crossed my mind but have you been around your girlfriends when their purse is like wide open with totally yeah totally and I don't it's not something that I even think about it makes me so uncomfortable like it happens all the time with my friends they're they'll like get up and leave and go to the bathroom and their purse is sitting there wide open they've Mm -hmm. got money and whatever else in their purse and I'm like you need to zip up your purse like this it just totally makes me uncomfortable now not to make this too real but <laughs> uh well first before i go there did did they ever apologize to you what was the end nope. result with that they never nope. said anything to you about it nope hmm. interesting i just like found out that it happened through that they found the stuff through someone else but mm-hmm. i never was apologized to mm-hmm. interesting yeah that part was kind of interesting too like i get it i mean i knew i didn't do it the whole time but like yeah. No one wrote me an anonymous letter even saying, I'm sorry, but they sure didn't hesitate to send me $5 for shipping to send all the stuff back. Yeah. Hmm. That was weird. I ran into the girl um, years later, and she was super friendly. Like, oh, hi, how are you? Da, da, da. And I just the whole time, I mean, I was totally friendly, but the whole time I was just like, like I know who you are deep inside. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, maybe not. I mean, that was all in high school. Everybody changes. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean... It, I, I wonder, too, if that's something that she even really remembers all that much. Like, I feel like that's the kind of thing you probably don't really carry with you in the same way when it didn't Yeah, I don't know. I, I doubt it. I, mean, I, I don't could, know. I think, I think it did have kind of a turning point amongst our group of friends, though. It was kind of like, you know, there was the group of girls that said, we were with her all night. She didn't do it. And then there were the other ones like, I know she did. She totally needed the money. Mm-hmm. She's pregnant and she's poor. And because... They weren't poor, and I mean, there. There's a lot of other stuff there yeah. about like me, sure. how I grew up versus how they grew up. But sure. um, so I don't know. I mean, I felt like that did kind of divide some of the friends, and I don't know if they ever got over that because I just went on my merry way, having my baby and dealing with being a parent after that. So it mm-hmm. wasn't really couldn't really dwell. Didn't really dwell, but yeah. other than that, it just really kind of stuck with me. Just an interesting little being accused. Interesting. I mean, random things happen that stick with you I guess it's just weird how they all come out now don't don't you think because the the first thing that comes to my mind with this is first of all the fact that I have never felt that that I need to second guess where I am in my situation at all times because Uh something like that could happen to me because I could be accused of something 
that's privilege that I have, right? That I've mm-hmm. never really thought about and never really checked until right now. And that makes me think that there are so many people out there, people of color is uh, a great example, who probably have those thoughts with them all the time because they know how easy it is for them to get accused of things that they didn't do. I mean... Well, and everything changes in that moment. Like, literally, there are people that I have not talked to since that day because of that. Like, like whereas there are some people that maybe I would have still been friends with. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's interesting. But I also always tell people, like, you should be aware. Like, this could happen. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know the person and you... But... <clears throat> like, even I've been with people, and they're like, well, I keep all my jewelry here in the house. If it's ever broken into, they probably won't be fine. I'm like, don't tell me that. I don't want to be the person that knows where your jewelry's hidden and then have you have your house broken into, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're like, well, who knew where that stuff was? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, it was Trish. Like, So I'm always just kind of like, you need to be careful who you tell stuff like that to, and I don't know. And just, that's not something I ever think about at all. Like, yeah. I feel like if we're friends and I trust you, then I trust you, and that's... Yeah. It's pretty trust is pretty blanket to me, right? But if it, if it came up missing, you would probably think, well, who did I tell that I kept my three hundred dollars in tips in this I, drawer? I mean, I don't know if I, I don't I don't think that I would actually. I don't. I think of I think when something my best goes friends, missing, I I don't think. Let's. I'm think not about my, saying that you would think, oh, my best friend's right off, but I think you would think, who knew where that was? Like, let's just say you're a waitress and you had three hundred dollars worth of tips that you kept in cash in your top drawer. Mm-hmm. You would think, who knew that that was there if it came up missing? And it would have know. you look at everybody differently. I don't know. I mean, there are whole movies I, based I on might this. Never if know. they made a movie about it, it's got to be real. I'm, but I feel like that <laughs> there, there might be something in me that's a little bit too trusting, too. Mm-hmm. Because I've... I mean, I can think, in particular, there was a time when a relationship was ending and my stuff went missing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... It took me months, even a year, to accept that this person that I used to love threw away my stuff and damaged my stuff uh-huh. because he kept giving me excuses and reasons why he would have never done that. So I trusted him, even as this relationship was falling apart all around me. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know if that would ever necessarily be my reaction, but I don't know if that's a good thing either, that I that well, I have yeah, that in me. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, I think it's just it's something that you have to be careful of because... Until something's missing, you don't know how you would respond. Like, even if you have a friend that you know is kind of handsy and, like, takes stuff without asking, and you're just missing something that you really like, all of a sudden you might be like, well, they they have taken stuff without asking before. Do you know what I mean? It just changes the way you look at people or look at things. Yeah. And I just don't ever want to be in that. I try and be aware of how it could be skewed. I don't know. Not like really I walk. Not like I walk around paranoid or living, but in in certain circumstances, I that thought comes to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you know, be careful. They've got twenty dollars sitting right there at the top of their purse, and they mm-hmm. don't even care. And I'm the only one here. Like that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. So that's really interesting. Oh, I never yeah. knew that about you. Yeah. Well, stuff happens. High school, so fun. Mm. <laughs> Well, I mean, and even being poor, right? Like, if I... I mean, I just wonder what would have happened if I wasn't there and they found the stuff missing. Like, not the other people there weren't poor, but I mean, that part of of it was an easy explanation to them. Like, she could sell the camera and she could sell the jewelry and she needs money. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Stuff happens for sure. 
You know, something like that's never happened to me. So let's talk about something cheerful. You have a list um, of things, I thought. I don't think any of the things that I have qualify as very cheerful, though. They're just uh, things. Observations? Yeah. Um, observations with siblings. Although I did just notice you have this Almond Queen cup here from the year that I won, and I love it. <laughs> so I am obviously the favorite, right, if this is in your office, because you want to remember the year that I won Almond Queen. I mean, come on. None of your other daughters have ever won Almond Queen. Well, maybe they me. won my heart. With other things. <laughs> no. You're keeping this right here. Date on it and everything. Just so you can remember. Well, I bought two of those glasses. So. Because you wanted to remember. Yeah, I oh, know. Totally. Also, I don't know. I remember. I have stuff from... Did you cry when I won? No. I don't think so. No? Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember, to be honest. Sorry. You know what I remember my first thought being? I... I mean, I was... Well, we should clarify. Okay. In the, in the town that Kate went to high school, there was a little almond festival because they grow a lot of almonds. Mm-hmm. And they have the Almond Queen Festival. And mm-hmm. Kate won the Almond Queen the year she was a senior in high school. Yes. Okay. It's, it's like a... It's, it's not a beauty pageant. You do interviews and write papers and uh, answer questions. And it's, it's an and intellectual... It's, Sure. Pageant. And it's got a little, I mean, there's, there's not, it's not a beauty pageant, but it no. is, it is about this farming community and just them celebrating everything that is great about that community. I yeah. Think, so really, really fun, really great festival. Uh, but I, we didn't move there until I was 14. So I wasn't a part of this community for very long before I was graduating, before I was in my senior year. And my best friend at the time had a, been in the community her entire life. Everyone pretty much in that town, everyone that we interacted with had been raised in the community, had been there, you know, their whole lives. They'd all gone to, been together in school since kindergarten. And so I I very much stood out as the new kid. And uh, I remember when I won, I remember thinking that that was going to be the end of our friendship because I beat her and I just had a feeling that she was never going to get over it. And I think I was right. <laughs> no. I don't know. I, I mean, it's hard to say. I it, it is hard. To, I, I'll probably never know. I think there are several other factors that happened around the same time, too. Probably. Probably. I mean, I'm sure that there's that a lot. Next year, too. So. Yeah. But that I remember that being my first reaction. Like, before I felt joy or excitement for myself, my first reaction was... And I don't remember, were there people in... In school and stuff that were mad that you won because you weren't from the area? I never heard anything, yeah, actually. Uh, I'm sure that there was, but no one ever said anything to me. It wasn't really that... That wasn't really the environment. There, right. No one felt the need to start drama. Yeah. Uh, if anyone had anything to say, they might have said it to their friends, and that kind of would have been it. No, it's yeah. not like anyone... In that small town, everyone pretty much was friends with everybody, more or less. Nobody really got bullied in the same way that I hear that other people are. Well, and it's interesting because we were there at a time where they were growing and expanding. And so it was, I think, in part, you know, it was a, for some people, it was a welcome change because it was about expanding and growing and welcoming new people to the area because it's still growing and expanding. So there's that. But that does bring us to the topic of friendships that end. Yeah, it does. (laughs) (laughs) 
which is rough. I was just talking about yeah. that. That I have a friend that I used to know and just, it's, I don't, it's really hard. But the type of person I am is I want to confront the issue and just be like, why are we not friends? Like, what did I do? What happened? And then I have other friendships that I kind of know what happened and how do you breach or how do you get back from that breach of being apart or how do you say I want us to be friends again I don't know and I don't either I mean clearly I am I've I've been through some friend turnover in my life so I I'm not the person I'm not the person to have very much uh, insight onto this but I am so I mean I'm a lot like you in a lot of ways but I am very much also about confronting issues like that so I am always left with a feeling of frustration that I don't have the answer, that I don't have just what happened. Just tell me what happened. Like, tell me what it well, was. I, I, mean, I want that um, closure, I guess. I, I want the closure of the situation to be addressed and wrapped up, and I want to be able to confront you, and I want you to be able to confront me and us to get our feelings out, and well, I that's mean, not always the solution. Is confront the right... I mean, I want to confront the issue, but I also am like, what... It, my perspective is always, what did I do? Like, what did I do that you won't... You don't call me anymore? Or what did I do that, you know, you were down my street and you didn't think to text me and say, hey, what are you doing? I'm down your street or whatever. I mean, and then I, I do have some friendships that just kind of fizzle because of the way time went. and That's different, though. And that's different. But that's yeah. still hard when you think, oh, it's we, sad. We, we live close by and we could still be friends and we're not. And It's definitely sad. But I feel like that's a little bit more a part of life versus right. when a friendship just abruptly ends or when you can feel that it's changing and something's wrong and you don't know what. But I feel like me, that's what's always been happening to me. Yeah. But for me, too, like, I have my sisters, and I'm really close with my sisters, and we do a lot of stuff together. So, like, when I'm not with my husband or with my children, I'm with my sisters. So it's almost even the flip side is I don't always have space, maybe. I don't know. Like, so sometimes it's easy to just let it go and be Mm -hmm. like, ah, I'm I'm full. Yeah, I'm busy. Sure, yeah. But that doesn't... It doesn't change the feeling of when you do have a friend and you yeah. do let somebody in and you make time for them and, and then and all of a sudden it ends and, yeah, you're left feeling like, what did I do wrong? And you yeah. never get an answer to that question. I mean, I can think of a friendship that ended over 10 years ago and I still wonder, what, why? What did I do? I have never been able to shake that feeling of just wanting to know. Well, and I told you that story about, this is how awkward I get. Like, I have... A friend from high school that I used to go see, just like I would see her like once every eight months, and um, and we still have—I don't know what happened lately. We haven't talked at all, but and I can remember being at her house one time, and she says, "Oh no, she left the room, and her husband came in and said there was a group of us there. Said, hey, 'Hey, I'm planning a surprise party. Whose address don't I have?' And I didn't say anything because my assumption was I'm not invited." Which I don't know why. Like, looking back at it, I'm like, how could... I just automatically assume, because we only saw each other, like, once a year or once every six months, that I automatically was like, well, I'm not a part of 
he's talking to all her other friends that she sees regularly. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't say anything. And then, like, her birthday came, and she was like, why weren't you there? It's just funny that hmm. I, I totally was like, oh, he doesn't mean me. Mm-hmm. He means everyone else but me. I don't know. Just I, That's funny. I, I, yeah, I don't think I ever, as similar as I am to you, I don't think I ever feel like that. <laughs> if anyone said anything to me, I would automatically assume I was invited, even if I wasn't, which has happened to me a couple of times. And well, that's I, I mean, I think it just might be because of the way. I mean, that's, I think that's a dynamic that existed only within that relationship. And I think probably because of how it ended or it just, I felt very insecure. And like, we were still friends and loved seeing each other, but it wasn't. In my mind, it was obviously different than it was or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Though friendships ending is... people need. To, I feel like people need to talk about friend breakups more because those can be just as devastating and sometimes more devastating than when a romantic relationship ends. Friendship is just so complicated to me because you never know what someone else expects of it. It's different than a romantic relationship in the sense that a romantic relationship, you have an idea what this person expects to get out of it, right? You kind of, you have defining terms that kind of make it easy to sort of figure out, you know, where we are. I have a lot of jokes in our relationship. I appreciate it. Um, (laughs) But in a friendship, you don't know, is this, it's, you don't really know what kind of friendship this might be you don't really know are you are you looking for that kind of friendship where you're going to communicate openly and honestly are we looking for kind of an on the surface friendship where we hang out and spend time together maybe have similar interests but we're not I'm not going to deep dive into your life you're not going to deep dive into mine there's no terms for things like that I think that um if it's that complicated then it's I don't know. For, to me, friendship shouldn't, the work shouldn't be, it shouldn't be work like that where you have to define it. I know you you like to have a definition probably. I do. I, I just, just in the sense that, okay, let, let's use an example from my personal life. I've got friends that I feel like are very good friends in my life right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, we were all part of a group of friends, right? And I was dating someone in that group of friends, and now we're no longer dating. And those friends feel a sort of torn loyalty because we can't all hang out. The group is kind of broken up in the sense that they either spend time with me or they spend time with him. And I feel like this, because of these problems, these friendships have become this weird kind of on-the-surface friendship. We don't we don't talk about anything real anymore. We don't do real things anymore. But you anymore. used to. But we used to. And my my obvious solution to that is let's just sit down and talk about it. Let's talk about I'm hurt that you spend more time with him than me. I'm hurt that I don't get to hang out with all of you anymore and you never invite us all to hang out without him, but you'll all hang out without me. Mm-hmm. That hurts me. I Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the fact right. that you whatever feelings you have about the situation, maybe you blame me for seeking this person out and ruining our group of friends. Maybe you feel that. I don't know, but let's talk about it. Yeah. Did you meet them through the person you were dating? No. We all worked together. Oh, okay. So I... I mean, I I like to think that I created this group of friends. I'm sure that he feels the same way. Uh, But we were... Either way, 
they all, all came together. together around us. Like, we were the core of the group, and they all came together around them. My friends and his friends, and we all kind of came together. Yeah. And at the time, they didn't know that we were dating. When but we I think, I mean, group in, of friends. in my old lady perspective, I think if you have to ask, then they've already chosen. And, I mean, I guess that that's sort of where I'm ending up is this... You know, they they are all of they've them are already, out all the time, and I'm lucky to get one or two right. of them it's, alone. It's like occasionally. they've already made it clear they're choosing him, and, and that's it's just, that's how it would be if you got divorced. Yeah, and, and I'm just like brokenhearted about it. Yeah, of course. So, you know, I I did I did nothing wrong to make this relationship end. Let's put that on the record. <laughs> <laughs> I am the innocent party in this situation, other than expecting. Love and commitment? How terrible of me. Um, <laughs> um, no, I mean, of course, sure, there's blame to go around. How do your girlfriend relationships vary from your relationship with your sisters? I fight with my sisters a lot more than I fight with my friends. Do you think they get on your nerves more easily? Yeah, Definitely. I I think that there's a little more weight there, I think, because you're more concerned with the bigger picture for them, I think, than you are your friends. It's like this moment that you're living in together, whereas it, when it's your sisters... They're in it for life, and I'm well, aware of that. you're, like, worried about them as, like, well... If you do this, like, how's this going to affect you 10 years from now? Or, yeah. you know, you kind of, it's almost a little glimpse into parenting. Like, there's a little more weight to the, the choices they make. There. That's true. That's really true. And and so that has an interesting thing. But then I feel like I can be more intimate with girlfriends because I can share hopes and dreams and goals more with them. But with my sisters, I feel like somehow I'll be judged. And so... Maybe that just comes from being the baby of the family. Like, I'll feel like they'll judge me or think, you can't do that. Or that's not going to work. Or mm-hmm. whatever. Why are you even thinking that? I don't know. So there, it, that part's different, too. Like, I I feel like there's, there's certain things about me that I don't share with my sisters, even though we're very close. Because I feel like there's a certain judgment that goes along with sharing yeah. it. I think that, I mean, I definitely see that as well. And I think that that's because friends... Ultimately, you choose your friends, right? And you choose the friends that are going to give you what you need and that might be lifting you up uh, when you need it, even if maybe, you know, you are saying something that's totally stupid. Like, your friends are there to hype you up. That's their job. But your sisters that... Because I think I do the same thing. I think that when Danae and Becca sometimes tell me things, I my initial reaction usually isn't to be super positive like it is with my friends. My initial reaction is to be way more of a realist and point out the flaws. And that's probably not the best thing to do, but there's something about a sister relationship that makes that come out, that realistic Well, side. I think you, when you're with your sisters, you fall into those, those roles, right? When I'm with my sisters, I'm all of a sudden the baby sister that needs their help or their, you know, mm-hmm. they took care of me for so long, essentially... Yeah. Um, and so I fall into that role very easily. Um, it's and like, I just accept that they're going to kind of be the older sisters and mm-hmm. maybe give me direction. Whereas 
I don't necessarily, in my personal life, I'm probably a little more take charge of, more of a take charge person than I am mm-hmm. when it comes to things with my sisters. Mm-hmm. They might say different. They might say, I just am always bossy and take charge. I'm not sure. <laughs> we'll never know. Hopefully. <laughs> well, if they hear this, they might be like, um, I just wanted to answer your question. Uh, you are a bossy brat. So. You are bossy. That's definitely true. Thanks. Um, Thanks for that. <laughs> you, you are. I'm, but that's not a new I'm your mother. Of course of your... I'm bossy. You can't say that I'm bossy every aspect of my life. I, every aspect that I've seen, whether I'm involved or not, you you are bossy. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> I mean, like, that's, that's again, another one of the ways that I think that we are similar. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, it's, there's a little bit of a control freak aspect to it. Um, I... I, I see the look that you're giving me right now, so I feel like I should this shut is, up. This is why it's better to record over the phone. You can't see the look on my face. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like to be in control, and I, I really like to be the boss. I gravitate towards leadership positions in all aspects of my life, including interpersonal relationships. And I think that you may do the same thing. Yeah. But it's funny. I didn't realize how chill I was comparatively so my dad got sick and was um I don't remember if this is when he hurt his leg or if this is when he had another uh problem but and my sisters were like calling the doctor calling the hospital calling my dad and I was just totally like you know he he's a grown man he's gonna take care of him I didn't (laughs) and I was just like I never realized how relaxed I was like I always think of myself as totally intense too Mm -hmm. but they were like uh in overdrive and I was mm-hmm. just like oh I'm the chill one of the group I <laughs> so that was kind of interesting yeah I'm say. definitely not the chill one of my sisters though I'm definitely not that no but you guys are That's all Danae, intense right Danae's the chill one don't you think I think you're all intense about different things and chill about different things mm-hmm. so that's what I would say that's the very diplomatic answer Way to stay on the fence. No, because I mean, I think the gut reaction is to choose someone. But as I started thinking, I'm like, well, but she's not chill when it comes to this. Or she's not chill when it comes to that. So, yeah. Well, then I guess the same thing could be said about you and your sister, though. Obviously. (laughs) When it comes to my dad's health, I'm just like, he's a grown man. He'll take care of himself. But I'm not a super... I don't know. Makes you sound like an uncaring daughter. Better be careful. I'm just not a super nurturing person in general, I think. I don't see myself as nurturing. See, and that's not, I, I wouldn't, as as the child that you raised, I don't think I'd ever say that about you. I feel like I was. But I'm pretty hands-off. I mean, I'm not like. Oh, definitely. I mean, you definitely, as as so much I mean, as I, I say you're I'm a control virtual. freak, you weren't the parent that was like, you weren't the helicopter parent at any point. Right. I, I'm very just like, figure it out. I don't know. You got to live with the choices kind of thing. Like I guess that's, so, that's true. That's true. Maybe that's not nurturing, but I'm just not a, a hovering kind of... I, I believe very strongly in personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. So I hope that I can have some of that when I have kids. Because I'm I definitely not at th- the point in my life when I would be able to have those feelings at all. Like, what? I watched that... Did you watch that Black, Black Mirror episode, Archangel? No, I've only watched one episode. Okay, I would Mirror. recommend watching Ar- Ar- Archangel? Oh, wait, is that Arch- the one where the mom Angel? has the thing installed? Yeah, the thing in her daughter's okay, head no, that she can control. One, okay, yeah. so as whack as that episode was, of course, as all Black Mirror episodes are, like, I remember feeling like I, I could see how that could happen. Like, I, I could see myself if I had gone through everything that that mom had gone through with her almost dying in childbirth and being a single mother and 
Um, the, the daughter goes missing at a very young age. Like, I could see how I would do that too. I'm not going to lie. I That's how I feel I am as a person. So I hope that that goes away before I get to the point where I'm having kids. Because right now where I am in my life, that is that is a decision that I would have made. Well, I mean, I think I didn't start out being super chill. I think I that was a learned thing. Like, I think there's a point where you learn that there's only so much you can control. And so the less that you stress about it, the better. And I think everybody learns that at a different point. Um, I'm coming in late. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I'm sure by your age, I didn't know, but, um, but but when you were my age, you had all your kids already. Yeah. But I mean, (laughs) I I would say I probably didn't learn that until you guys were a little bit older. And Mm. then I was like, Oh, there's, there's only so much you can really control. And Mm. so, okay. But I also do see the side of parenting where fear makes you do crazy things. Mm-hmm. Like when you're afraid of your child doing drugs or you're afraid of your child, say, having sex too early or whatever, it makes you crazy. You 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 think, I would never do that. I would never read their diary, let's just say. But then all of a sudden, they're acting super strange and you think they could be on drugs and they keep a diary. I mean... There is a likelihood that you might go in and read it just to know for sure mm-hmm. of how you need to respond to that. Like it, for make sh- fear can make you make rules that you think are you know are unreasonable. When you were uh, a kid, you know you know you would have snuck out the window if you had those rules. But you're so afraid that all of a sudden you're the super strict parent that you never thought you would be. Like fear makes parenting horrific. So what do you do about that? How do you avoid it? I mean, you're going to be scared. Of I mean, I'd like to say I have all the answers, but I think um, there's no avoidance of it. I think it's just there's a point where you have to recognize it so that you can realize the damage that responding out of fear does. I mean, and I think the other thing is you have to also be able to communicate like to your children I mean, if they're in high school, at least, or even when they're younger, like, when you do this, I'm afraid you're going to get taken by a stranger. I'm not that you want to scare the hell out of your seven-year-old child, Mm -hmm. but, like, if they understand why you have rules, a lot of times it's easier. Mm -hmm. Um, When you act like this, I start to feel like maybe you're on drugs, but if you're just upset about a relationship at school, it's better if you tell me that. Mm -hmm. I mean, and... I don't know. I mean, you got to find creative ways to talk to your kids if you can't have a face-to-face. Write notes. Write notes. Email them. I know that I <laughs> I still have notes that you wrote me when I was an unruly teenager. Yeah, I found a bunch of notes that you wrote one day. Mm, toss them. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> oh, no. Some of them are pretty funny. Like, I remember oh, you writing me notes about, like, being so mad that I would cuss. Like, your, your language is really out of control. <laughs> you need to stop or, or And then... I remember when I had that stage, yeah. Stage? You still get mad. I don't know when you cuss anymore. Uh, you have gotten I a get little... I get a little uneasy when you talk about some other stuff. Let's save this conversation for another episode because we're going to dive into the whole religion thing. Uh, but It's unavoidable. Like, I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> um, so, stay tuned. We'll talk about that soon. <laughs> yeah, but no, you, you have made comments when I cuss. But yeah, anyways, there, I had a note about that, and I had a note about something else just about... Mm-hmm rumors that were being spread about you and Hmm. how to handle them and I was like you confront everybody and you're like I'm not confronting everyone like this is in a note we're going back and forth I'm like Mm -hmm. why don't you just say 
this isn't true or confront the person. And it was just kind of funny because I'm all about having the conversation. And as much as I am, I mean, yeah, there's still some things that I don't know. Or you do this whole thing of like, it has to be in person. And I'm like, this is an important conversation that can't wait till you're in person. Like you need to have it now while it's fresh. Gosh, I still do that. I I still do that in all aspects of my life. I mean, I, I mean, even now I can think of three conversations at the top of, off the top of my head without even trying that that I'm waiting to have until I see them. Why? Why do I do that? It's like I want that moment. I want to be able to look you in the eyes and see what my, how my words are going to affect you and right. know how to respond well, to that. So like, it's just easier for me to play off what, figure out my next step if I can see you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what but, it is. But that, I think that's the thing of, like, feeling like you really can put to words how you feel and, and cause an emotional response that, one, is unrealistic because... It's, it's almost thinking that you can control how someone responds and you can't. In that moment, they are processing whatever you're telling them. Um, and so you have, you have no control over it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's just a sign of feeling like you can control the situation. <laughs> it's the As, control freak in me coming out again. Yeah, you're right. That's just another way that manifests. But in the, And I mean, that's a problem in and of itself, right? When you communicate with people to elicit a specific response or in hopes that you will get a specific response, you're, you're almost always going to be disappointed. Mm. Can people just respond the way I want them to? Can they just, <laughs> well, can I they just feel bad I mean, when I want them to feel bad and I feel good when I want them to feel good? And sometimes they will, but they may not even do it in the way that you expect mm. or they will for that moment because mm-hmm. they do feel bad in that moment. And then an hour later, they'll forget about it. Because that's how certain <laughs> certain people we respond. Know. I yeah. would say sex is, but that would make you mad. But I think that tends to be more of a male thing than a women thing. But there are I, a lot of women I, that do the same thing. I mean, no, I'm going to, in this instance, considering I'm thinking about men that I need to talk to, I'm going <laughs> to agree with you. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, 27 years here married, and I can tell you that we've had an argument about the same thing several times. And apologies happen and there's great sorrow even though it's not that big of a deal but two days later the same thing will happen again so (sighs) relationships are hard relationships are hard Mm, all relationships are hard yeah mother daughter sibling friendship romantic all of the above yeah interpersonal relationships are hard I mean this is strange relationships are hard I mean just think about Facebook (laughs) (laughs) Stranger relationships are hard. It's all hard. It's so tempting to just be an island, right? When you think no of, when you focus on that. What's that yeah, make you think yeah. of no man is an island? Uh, about a boy. Yes, totally. <laughs> and there it is. About a boy. Great movie. Great movie. So, you made me watch it a little too young, I think. I didn't really understand the first time I watched it. I can think of a lot of movies I made actually. You that, no, I can think of a lot of movies that you had us watch when I was too young but to I really didn't understand. Make you watch it didn't boy. make sure, but it was on and it was like a I family environment and you're like, watch this movie, it's very good, you're gonna like it. And I remember you on the couch, you know, crying or whatever to not just maybe about a boy, but like some yeah, I can I think of some other movies. About a boy. And and I was so young, not really understanding, just thinking like, I don't get it. This the solution seems so obvious to me. Huh. But that's because I was an adult that didn't know what it was like to I mean I was a kid that didn't understand what being an adult is really like. I was eight and thought that 
everything could be solved by saying you were sorry and eating some chocolate. I don't know. <laughs> well, there aren't a lot of a lot of things that can't be solved by that. Chocolate and an apology. I mean, think about this. I mean, it's at least you're on the right road to recovery if yeah, you're doing that. I guess that. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, unless the person doesn't like chocolate and you didn't realize that, then then you're on. The if road they're road. allergic to chocolate, then it's just all bad. <laughs> the end of our first episode and you're still listening so we want to say thanks we know it's not perfect but we are working hard and enjoying the adventure 